0: Hello! Don Clarkson Podcast! Yay! Making myself a cup of tea and walking around with my mic. I hear my kettle there clicking into place. Are we all? we all all alright? Strange time in the world at the moment, isn't it? Strange time for a lot of us. I'm not going to go into world politics. Not in any great depth. I've been chatting to my friends in Russia, Ukraine, Russian and Ukrainian friends today. Guys that guide with me in the Himalaya. And we spoke kayaking. We didn't speak politics. Even though we all know the answers to the political questions we could have had. But we spoke kayaking. And that's alright. And I'm going to speak kayaking now to you guys. Because, you know, down Clarkson podcast, isn't it? And I didn't introduce it. But we don't care about that anymore, because my listeners, you guys and girls, you listen to quite a few of these, I imagine, and you know what the introduction should be like. Right, let's potter around my little cottage next to the river and drink me a little cup of tea. Right, what we're we talking about now, we're going to talk about river signals, I think, and river leadership. As I've been noticing yet again that some of you paddlers out there are not leading as well as you could be. And that's probably through no fault of your own. <clears throat> and I'm not saying there's a right and a wrong because who am I to tell you how to run your trips? And when I say trips, I'm probably talking about your peer paddles and you. Pee or you know, your university trips and your trips to the coffee shop, you know. I have quite a few trips to the tea shop when I go paddling. There's a very nice cafe in Longofland. Uh just as a side note. We jump on the canal, paddle back up the D. Uh, the canal boat cafe place, they do a millionaire shortbread there that'll give you diabetes. It's brilliant. So stop, buy a brew, have a bit of millionaires in that cafe. Don't give yourself diabetes. Oh, a nice cup of tea, that. English breakfast, I think. Yeah, English breakfast. Right, let's talk about things. What river signals are we using, kiddos? We're all using that twirly hand and pointy thing for eddies, aren't we? We are still using that. You know, the disco twirly hand, pointy and eddy. That's a good one, isn't it? Pretty universal. That one, hmm. What are we using to say, I'm alright, or come to me? What are we using there? Are we using the tap of the head like a fist and tapping the head? Seen that a lot. Come to me, Mr. Riverleader or Mrs. Riverleader, tapping the head. Also, seeing it when somebody takes a bit of a tumble in a hole or a wave and rolls up, they give a tap on the helmet. It's quite a nice signal. It works quite well, except oh, loads of paddlers have got GoPros, aren't they, or helmet-mounted action cameras. Let's not talk about brand names because you know we're not sponsored or affiliated in any way in this podcast. So if you turn your your action camera on or off, from a distance that looks like you're tapping your head. So from a distance, that paddler might think, I've got to go, you know, the mate that's following you. Might think, oh, I've got to go over there to that person that's just tapped their helmet. Or... That person tapping their helmet's just had a tumble, I better be aware. Although they say they're okay with that signal, I better go and double check. But that's not what you intended, because you're just turning the camera on and off. Something to consider. How many times when we go boating, and when I, I use boating as a collective because it's supping as well, and they're not really boats, they're like standing on the lining boards. You know, how many times when we go paddling do we discuss on the way to the putting what river signals we're using? Like I've said, the twirly twirly hand, pointy pointy one for eddies is pretty self-explanatory, and that's pretty universal. But do we ever recap our edit our signals with our group? Yeah, been a bit quiet, aren't we? Well, I'm drinking tea and you can't answer me. But there's a good sign for stop. Right? Really good sign for stop. It's in a lot of rescue books. And it's arms over your head in a sort of Y formation, holding your paddle vertically. Vertical, horizontally. That's it. it? Holding your paddle between hands. That's right. Yeah, horizontal. Yeah, holding your paddle like that. Like a, like a, a YMCA Y, and with your paddle or a bit of rope between, that's a stop, it shows in the book. I mean, you can have your paddle pointing the sky, pointing up to the sky, but we know that means go, don't we? I mean, crikey, there was a German paddle, man, paddle brand that had red and green paddle blades so you could have stop and go. Anyway, that Y with the paddle across... As a stop or the rope across as a stop Take like that paddle or that rope away and it becomes a yes i'm sure i you can visualize the confusion there so it's always worth checking on the way to the putting what signals are you using for eddies what signals are you using for stop and go one of my favorite signals especially at the moment after the storms is a recap and it's a bit of an icebreaker as well so you get your hand left or right doesn't really matter and you give yourself a sort of the OK sign. And I know the OK sign's been adopted by white supremacists in the USA, but just bear with me on this. One. You give yourself that sort of OK sign, and then you move your hand up and down rapidly in a kind of, you know, airborne onanism. If you just, its quite funny. I can hear some of you giggling. But to me, that's like a sign, childish sign. I know teenagers use it quite a lot. But it's a really good sign for wood. Stop sniggering, right? It's a really good sign for wood. Because it's really hard to describe fallen trees and wood without a sort of smutty sign. And I use that quite a lot. And wood can mean bad by fences and all that sort of palaver. Stuff that's debris in the river. Keep an eye out for that stuff. Because to be honest, pointing at your eyeballs and pointing at the bank ain't going to do that. And signals have got to stick in your mind. Do you like that? What other signals have you guys and girls got? Hmm? Do you have that uh, arms raised above your head in a cross formation? Do you use that one if you do tell me what it is i know what it is i know what i call it i'd what i'd use it for what do you guys use it for hmm do you use that sort of airborne front crawl motion to show there's a swimmer hmm? do you use that one what do we use the signals do we use in no, a wink I use a nod and a wink sometimes when I'm paddling with my peers. If we're close enough to each other, a nod and a wink means as much to my friends as it does to a blind man, in the words of uh, Monty Python. Have some more tea. How are we all doing with boat choices anyway? Are we all... all, uh, getting bright colored boats, bright colored gear, bright colored helmets yeah, no worse than having dark colored stuff I mean I have a dark colored helmet, I'm not going to lie to you mine's like a, what is it, British Racing Green with gold glitter got it in Moscow not very good in woodland areas luckily I've got a yellow one, red one that I wear in woodland type areas Lime green dry suit, lime green PFD. Bright orange boat Yeah, red paddles. I look like I've been splattered by a load of kids from a Crayola factory. How's your kit? Is it bright enough? You got a white helmet? Got a black helmet. Dark with dark, dark blue helmet. Yeah, they're a bit tricky to spot. You got a black dry tag. Black PFD. And I can't knock it, because I've had black PFDs and black dry tops. You've got a black boat? Yeah, I've had black boats. My first boat was black. Yeah, they're a bit tricky. White ones, they're a bit tricky as well. I've had white boats. They're a bit tricky to see. And they also look crap in photos. You know. Anyway. <clears throat> you all all right? Some people have been messaging me, saying they're not all right, saying that getting back on the water after COVID, they're finding a lot of frustration with it, because they've been not paddling really well for two years, and they're finding that they're not as confident on the water, they're missing moves that they could easily make, and they're not searching waves as well as they thought they could, and, and all that stuff. Getting frustrated and getting that knot in the belly, you know that sort of repetitive failure. Yeah, do you get that? I get that. We beat ourselves up and then we try again and we still fail. We beat ourselves up and try again and still fail. Yeah, not worse, is it? it does not really matter though, does it? Pack is supposed to be fun, and if we stop beating ourselves up. And if we miss Eddie's, as long as they're not life-threatening, it's probably going to be all right. Our mates, you know, our mates might laugh at us for not getting that surf wave that we caught a few years back and we can't surf it no more. It's not the end of the world, though, is it? If we can't get on a river and just enjoy our time in nature, Perhaps watching that watching that little blue kingfisher dart around, or watching that youngster tentatively making the high crosses, before plucking up the courage to do a roll in anger. If we can't watch that and smile, even if our own journey's stalled, we should get off and drink tea. And it's alright to get off and drink tea, because tea's really important. When I'm drinking tea constantly in this podcast, it's really important it's tea. Cake's also really important. And I'm not saying you've got to have that millionaire sharp cake that I've alluded to in about eight minutes since. But why is tea and cake important on trips? Well, tea and cake is really important on trips because it allows us time to think. It allows us time to take ourselves out of that aquatic environment that's really dynamic, where there's a lot going on. Where we're getting splashed in the stimulus, stimuli. But tea and cake on the riverbank allows us a pause. It's not just about giving us calories, it's not just about warming us up, it's about allowing us a pause. It's about allowing us time for reflection. Where you position yourself when you're having that time for reflection is also quite important. I've seen people get out of the river for a cup of tea, mid river journey, using the flask that they've carried with them. And they sit next to one of the biggest rapids on the river, prior to scouting or while scouting, while they're making the decision to run that rapid or not. That's not a place for reflection. There's a lot of stimulus still. Is it a place to have that brew mid-portage? <coughs> Excuse me. Where you've got a lot of emotions about ifs and cuddles and shudders. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it's something you want to do way before. Before you get to that, edit. Maybe it's something you want to do after to reconvene and reconnect with the journey itself. But these things are important. I use my cups of tea and my slices of cake to split my journeys up, especially if I'm doing laps on rivers or various rivers in a day. I grab my cup of tea or get my stove out of the boot of my car, like, between the trips, between the, you know, drive from one river, get to the next, have a before I get on. Recenter myself, recenter the group. Because all too often we run on adrenaline, especially going from river to river. We run, on, we get on, we drive to the river, and we get chased, and we get on that first river. Heart's pounding, music's been blaring in the car perhaps. Might have had a really early start to get to the river. We're excited, you know. Maybe coffee fueled, and we get on. And we zig left and we zag right. And we boof and we roll and we make those lines and we miss those fallen trees. And we eddy out at the bottom, kilometres away from the start. And we're all joyless smiles, are we? Maybe one of our friends has taken a tumble and rolled up. Got a bit of a like rag doll in a hole, but they've got out on the other side. And they're all sweetness and light. And because we're on a high, we get in the car and we drive to another river that's maybe a grade high, a half a grade high, and we do it again. And we get all excited and the music's blaring. But the coffee's started to wear off, but the adrenaline's pumping us and we're keeping us going. And we get back on, but we're getting a bit fatigued. You know, we've not had cake and we've not had sandwiches and we've not not had energy gels or any of that malarkey. And the water's really pushy and we're running blind and we're making silly mistakes, but we keep going. And at the end of the day, End of this run, we take a tumble or we miss a line and we miss a booth. You know, we might swim. We might bang our heads because we've made a silly move and that being sort of type right into a rock on river left. Or on the river right, I mean. You can type right or left or right with hydraulics. You might have back looped, you know. But if you've had that boom midway, you can calm yourself a bit. Between those runs, you can regroup, you can maybe refresh your uh, your river signals where you mates, you can maybe reassert the sort of style in which you want to run that, that next river. Because all too often we just follow the flow, figuratively speaking. Just things, little things to reflect on, really. I mean, I'm not saying I'm right, I mean, I'm not saying I'm wrong, and I could be both right and wrong, and that's all right. I mean, the fact that I'm telling you not to buy a black boat when my first boat was black, you know, that's a bit hypocritical, isn't it? And the fact that I'm saying don't get a white boat when I've had a couple of white boats in my time, that's a bit sort of rubbish, isn't it? And the fact that I've been telling you not to get black black PFDs, black dry cags, when in India, I wear black PFDs and black dry cags, you know. Don't wear a dark helmet when I got one myself. But these things, you know, it's just about being conscious of it. It's about being aware of those things. But mostly it's about tea. And it's about reflection and it's about why we connect ourselves to the rivers. Because it's not really about what boat we paddle and it's not really about what paddle we use. You know, it's not really about what dry suit we wear or any of that stuff. It's about getting out of our routines and immersing ourselves in nature and giving ourselves a bit of a challenge and doing things that we feel validated for. But the only person that really needs to validate is what we're doing, is us. We don't need external validation. So get rid of those GoPros, let's not confuse that, you know, let's not confuse those signals. Validate yourself, everyone. The fact that you're getting out there and you're having a crack, even if you're missing moves, even if you're rolling or swimming or not surfing your waves, you know, validate that. It's fine. You're doing awesome. You're getting out there and doing stuff. You're not hiding away in a basement apartment, you know. Watching Endless reruns a Big Bang Theory. You know, you're actually doing stuff. Go and find little mini-adventures. You know. I went to a river today. And I uh, didn't have my boat with it, but I went scouting. It's an industrial river in the middle of Yorkshire. Really nice little weir on it, a little cartwheel spot. Would I have paddled it today? Maybe. Did it look salubrious and inviting in turquoise, tranquil waters? No, I had a shopping trolley and a blue barrel, washed up on the bank loads of methadone cups on the footpath a couple of syringes I'm probably not ever going to get on in that hole but uh you know i'm sure somebody would have done i mean i paddled it in my youth i don't remember the needles and the methadone cups but i paddled it in my youth and uh i think i had a top hole when i paddled that hole and it's one of the few holes that i uh i first went to cartwheeling but magic is all around us and uh Just validate your own experiences, gang. That's alright. It really is. Right, I'm going to go now because I've finished my tea. I hope you've enjoyed me rattling on. If you've not enjoyed me rattling on, I've enjoyed talking to nobody. Anyway, have a great one. Twitter pips.